I'm madder about that than I'm about Devoke not getting in. And that's saying something. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old pal, Spearsy. And Brad in LA, back like a bad penny. And today we feast on a special delicacy here at the podcast. Yes, it's our long overdue, but never asked for tribute to Iron Eagle. You really believe that nonsense you're saying? Look at me when I talk to you! Yes, sir, Chappie. Uh, By the way, would it smooth things over to say that Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by the 80s Cruise? Join Spearsy and me in 2023 for a week-long trek back in time aboard the Royal Caribbean Navigator of the Seas. Performers will include Devo, Brett Michaels, Kim Wilde, The Church, Howard Jones, Living Color, Jody Watley, The Smithereens with guest vocalist Marshall Crenshaw, Vixen, Cutting Crew, Mid-Year, Autograph, Tone Loke, and more. And, and are you still with me, listeners? First-time guests can get, say it with me, $200 of cabin credit just by using the promo code STUCK when booking. Just go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. This is Iron Eagle. I am the flight leader of an American assault force. Sent to recover Colonel Ted Masters, whom you are unlawfully holding prisoner. I want Colonel Masters dressed in his flight suit and removed from his present location to the airport. When he gets there, I want him put in a jeep by himself and sent to the end of the northernmost runway. I want to see an escort leave the detention center in two minutes with Colonel Masters, where I'll have my squadron destroy the first of five strategic targets, beginning with your biggest oil refinery. Do you understand? Oh, we understand. You're an American teenager with a mullet haircut who knows how to fly a Cessna and yet somehow managed to steal two fighter jets from a U.S. Air Force base along with a retired colonel in the reserve who has flown halfway across the world undetected to unleash a can of American whoop-ass in the Middle East and avenge your father. Ho, ho, ho. Don't worry. I'm sure it will all work out just fine and you'll be admitted to the Air Force Academy at the end so the generals can keep your mouth shut permanently. Did I get that all right? I think you're in the ballpark, although technically wouldn't his father have to be dead for him to be avenged? Boys! Avenge me! Avenge me! Wow, this is, this is America in the 80s. We don't wait for death. That's true. We just go of... ahead and avenge. <laughs> yeah. We pre-avenge. We're, we signed up for the pre-avengement. Hanging on to these crazy ideas. Not gonna make it any easier on you. Take it easy, huh? So this idea came to us a few weeks ago when Brad was in Orlando, and uh, for the aforementioned uh, aborted podcast. Oh my where- goodness! Wow. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the short salvageable clips that we did include in that re-recorded show. I think there's there's parts of my spleen that will eventually have to be removed because of that night. It's worth we, it. Uh, when Brad came over, I was watching Iron Eagle for probably the first time in maybe. 
I'd like to say 10 years, but I probably watch Iron Eagle once every three years. I hadn't but, seen it in forever and ever. <laughs> and so we, we were sitting here, we were watching it, and we couldn't, we couldn't stop talking about it. And, um, and so Therefore, it was, yeah, guess what? Podcast fodder. Stuff that we can't stop talking about? That's perfect. Yeah. We have other stuff that we can't stop talking about. We'll save that for later in the show. We have our reaction to the to today's news about the 2022 class of the Rock Hall of Fame. But we'll save that till we've burned out most of our energy using a Hades bomb. The Americans must die, or none of you will live to regret your mistakes. That's a hell of a tease right there, Steve. That's a hell of a tease. Very nicely done. Well, for those of you who don't want to listen to us talk about Iron Eagle, which Something I look I, forward to. I can imagine all seven female listeners are raising their hands right about now. <laughs> can I go to the bathroom? This is an interesting thing. So the lovely Mrs. Spearsy and I have been watching more 80s movies lately. She's been kind of wanting to go back and fill in the blanks. Uh, okay, because I was going to say, how is it possible for you to watch more 80s movies? But okay, I, I, So it's, it's, yeah. you're filling in her like blanks in her repertoire. Normally, I, when I watch them, I watch them by myself. Like when I'm taking a break during the day or I have it on my other computer while I'm working. Karate Man watched a movie by himself. <laughs> yeah. I don't normally subject everyone to it. But lately she's been wanting to go back and fill in the blanks. And Who are you to say no to that? I have not yet tried to convince her to do Iron Eagle. I'm, I'm thinking about yeah. it. Though, I, I want to pitch it as like, hey, you know, you liked Top Gun, didn't you? You want to know why they made Top Gun? Because <laughs> this was such a rousing success. Yeah. So let's dispel a rumor right off the bat. Top Gun did not create Iron Eagle. Both those movies came out the same year. In fact, Iron Eagle came out before Top Gun. And Iron Eagle was based on a script that had been bouncing around Hollywood for a few years. So it's not like... I I know the natural inclination is to say, well, you know, Top Gun's such a huge success, hence we get all these knockoffs. This was not a Top Gun The Air Force is like, we want in on that. Make us one of those movies, Hollywood. Like, Okay, wait till you see how we make your rank and file look in this movie. Yeah. I don't know, sir. The computer said to load all these bombs on this airplane and put it on the runway. I don't know. I'm just doing what the computer tells me to. <laughs> herp, 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 herp. Hey, I thought you said last week you had this thing fixed. I did. Why don't you go input on the mainframe and I'll call a guy to get down. Yeah. Yeah, then we won't get behind. If you didn't see it, it's it's. I think it's on... Is it on HBO right now? I it's think on it HBO might be. Max right now, yes. That's where, yeah. I, uh, that's where I enjoyed it recently. You can rent it also on Amazon Prime. And if you can find a blockbuster, it's in the action section. Yeah. By no coincidence, the the plot of this movie is also the elevator pitch. <laughs> it, it's a young pilot plans a rescue mission when his father, an Air Force colonel, is shot down over enemy territory and captured. Or, if you want the elevator pitch, an officer and a gentleman meets Karate Kid with a soundtrack nearly as good as Top Gun. Is that fair? I like that, actually. I like that. That's good. And I was watching him. And Lou Gossett Jr. anchors the cast. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, he's now, if you want to say that Iron Eagle is a um, continuation of his character in An Officer and a Gentleman, I would say that's a fair observation. I don't believe what I'm saying. Well, you've been all your lives at an orgy listening to Mick Jagger music and bad-mouthing your country, I'll bet. It's an interesting, interesting angle, yeah. I like to think of it as more of a, a precursor to his role in The Principal or maybe a sequel to his role in Jaws 3D. 
or maybe a prequel to his role in Enemy Mine. Oh, oh. No, Enemy Mine was 85. No, but I mean, in terms of... Uh... Yeah, you're right. I take that back. Boom! <laughs> you... This podcast is over! <laughs> Here's what I was thinking, though. Like, okay, talk me through it. Talk me through it. As I was waiting for Brad to log in... I'm going to do the whisper thing again. Okay. <laughs> as I was waiting for Brad to log in today, and I'm drinking my orange mango and gin drink... Mm. I was rewatching the movie or like just kind of fast forwarding to my favorite parts. And I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot. The one thing you've got to take away from this movie is so, I mean, not, not to put too fine a point on it, how stuck in the eighties it is. There's <laughs> cans of diet Pepsi there. Everyone's wearing a sweater vest. There's twisted sister songs. There's the, uh, Epson, uh, dot matrix printers. Oh, God love them. Oh, oh, it's so nice. I just love that rattle. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> It's like it's printer porn. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the Air Force was supposed to consult in this film, and they, until they realized that the whole plot hinged upon a bunch of teenagers hacking into the base computers and stealing jets. <laughs> they, it says here, right here, load them bombs up, sir. So I did it. <laughs> it really makes the Air Force look out to be like a bunch of idiots. Well, so. or these kids are super geniuses, and you know, forget this guy. Go to the Air Force Academy. They should put all these kids in the Air Force Academy. T, drum roll. The best new applicant for the pilot training program is not Dove Masters. What's kind of interesting, as I was trying to dig deep, surprisingly, no one's written an entire book about this movie. <laughs> huh? So there's a real opportunity for us. That could be our and, first uh, in the stuck in the '80s. Uh, you know, my very first movie readers. <laughs> Vanity Fair has never done an oral biography of <laughs> Iron Eagle. <laughs> I, I feel like there's an opportunity here for us. Yeah. There's just a lot of room you, to you breathe. You write it. I'll put my name on it. Call it a day. But what I found out when I was trying to dig and find out whatever I could is the character that Lou Gossett Jr. plays, Colonel Chappie Sinclair, inspired by a real Air Force general named Daniel Chappie James Jr. Mm-hmm who was a member of the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh, that's cool. Flew jets in Korea and Vietnam. Would later become the first black uh, four-star general in U.S. history. Hmm. But as I dig deeper, that's cool and everything. You're like, yeah, okay, that's good, yeah. He was a total badass. I guess in the late 60s, he was transferred to uh, Wheelis Air Base in Libya. Okay. And... Right about that time, the coup happened oh, with uh, Muammar Gaddafi. Yeah, man. Gaddafi and his followers wanted to chase the Americans off the base and out of the country. Sure. And so they jumped in a bunch of half-track trucks and drove through the base at full speed. When this happens, General Chappie James closes the gates. Gaddafi arrives, moves his hand over his pistol holder, to which uh, Chappie says... I told him to move his hand away. If he had pulled that gun, his hand would have never cleared the holster. Look, let, let me clue you into something right now. I've given this country 22 damn years of my life. 22 years. I've seen young boys blown out of the air over the Pacific. I've seen the guts sprawled all over the rice paddies of Vietnam. So every time somebody dies for this country, believe me, boy, I give a shit. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Could have shot Gaddafi. Uh, yeah. Someone else would have just filled in this place, but probably, and maybe we would have had less trouble or less alternate spellings as we do for Momar. I think every style guide had a different spelling for his name. 
just doesn't, yeah, doesn't map into the Western <laughs> alphabet. That's basically no, what I learned from that. Let's talk about the cast for a second. We've talked about Louis Gossett Jr. playing um, Chappie. He had a pretty good run in the 80s, like he oh said. Oh, my gosh. Had... He did so much work. Pop quiz. Louis Gossett Jr., dead or alive? He's still alive. He is still alive, yeah. He's 85. Mm. This drink is delicious, by the way. I'm, just I'm so glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> if I start to deteriorate by the time we start talking about the soundtrack, you know why. Oh, yeah. Uh, Officer and gentleman, I remember, obviously. I didn't see Jaws 3D, and I, from what I understand, I'm not missing a thing. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, but, it's, it's a it's a punchline, let's face it. Yeah. Enemy Mind, though, is great. The principle's great. Nobody <clears> name <throat> checks Enemy Mind. That's a good movie. Or at least I remember enjoying it. Maybe I was just young and stupid. <laughs> no, I like it. old and stupid now, but I thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of forgotten. And when you, when you name check science fiction movies of the 80s, I think that's one of the ones that people tend to forget. Yeah. Jason Gedrick plays Doug Masters, the snotty little teen who wants to uh, rescue his dad. I think most people would remember him from being in The Heavenly Kid. Yeah. I tried to watch that the other day. <laughs> like it was it was a struggle, I'm just saying. Just, yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't know. It, it's it leans way so heavily on the the fifties sure and I you know, angle. I remember him being um, one of the cadet firefighters in Backdraft, but that right. was 90, that was ninety one. David Suchet plays the uh, Middle Eastern uh, Minister of Defense from a country that's never named, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, I just you know how broad a stereotype shall we paint here? I didn't realize it was him. Even when I saw it again, I'm like, I know I. I who plays this guy? Because he's got some of the worst lines in the entire He really movie. does. Send me two brave men, if <laughs> any remain, or something just yeah. so. Feed him his last meal now. Tomorrow he will not have much of an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Watch if uh, your planes is fully loaded and <laughs> armed. Have the pilot land immediately. He's in plenty of other stuff. He was a god in the in Britain. Oh yeah, uh, you, you look up this guy's his CV, as they would say. There, it's shocking. He did a ton of stuff. He's in Agatha Christie's uh, Hercule uh, Poirot. He is in Falcon and the Snowman. Oh, so good. Yeah, I love that movie. Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan. Not not so great. And uh, also Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> which he's done it all. You name it, brother. You name it. I would say some of the other notables, uh, Larry Scott, who everybody remembers as Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds. He's in the posse. He's in the flying club. Yeah, yeah. Um, you spotted someone that I didn't spot. Yeah, Robbie Rist is the, the gang's inside man of in the intel department. His dad runs the intel department, so he's like friendly with everyone. Oh, hey, why don't you just go use the other computer? I'll take care of this for you. Robbie Rist. Who the heck is Robbie Rist, you say? Do the words Cousin Oliver mean anything to you? Brady Bunch. Yeah. Wow. Check that shit out. He doesn't look all that much older in this movie. No, he really doesn't. And then you caught something that I didn't catch either. Every 80s movie has a bully. Right. And, Even and if this... this bully isn't the, the Middle Eastern Minister of Defense, you've got a right. local bully too. The local bully is a Notcher. And Brad's watching it one night. And he said he realizes that's Michael Bowen from. Hey, wait a minute! That guy looks familiar. Uh, he's Tommy in Valley Girl. He's a little skinnier in this, but he's got that same little weasel face. Just want to punch him. <laughs> you know that one of the movies that uh, when I told you 
me and the missus were filling in the blanks. Mm-hmm. She finally saw Valley Girl this last week. Wait, wait. Hang on a second. You married a woman who had never seen the movie Valley Girl. She's seven years younger than me. There's some of that early 80s stuff. There's been some time. I know. It just happens. I'm just surprised. What did she think? She liked it. She laughed at all the right parts. She thought there was okay, good chemistry good. between uh, between uh, Nick Cage and Debbie Foreman. Was she on board with the soundtrack? Yes. Okay. The other movie we watched, we just finished it last night, Stripes, which she had never seen. Okay. And, she, and on our list is, what's the other one? I keep trying to get her to watch Fast Times at Richmond High, but I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't push so hard on that one. No, nah, I mean, it's it's interesting. You have to You have to come at Fast Times as time capsule yes and not look for like you need to tell her it's vignettes it there's i mean there's through lines obviously but it's really built around these kind of set piece scenes yeah and it's It's, not all it's not all the jokes it's interesting because iron eagle speaking of the cast it's interesting because iron eagle could have been a better movie had they got the actors that they wanted Hmm. for these roles i mean aside from lewis gossett jr who's obviously the name Right. I mean, I mean, David Suchet is a big name too, but I mean, let's face it, that's yeah, not known as well on this side of the water. Right, and and they could have they could have given him some less wooden lines that would have helped. Let him land, then cut him to pieces. That's uh, true. <laughs> but but that's Morgan true. Freeman auditioned for the role of Chappie Sinclair. Emilio Estevez was considered for the role of Doug Masters. Hmm. James Spader was considered for the role of Notcher. Oh, that would have just really brought the right level of deliciousness to it. Yeah. I, and oh, sh- oh, did I me trying to kill you in your airplane by taking the oil cap off of your engine? Oh, it's just a joke. <laughs> yeah. It's and, just shenanigans. And here's the real mind bender. Chevy Chase was considered for the role of Doug's dad, the guy who gets shot down. Shortest distance between two points is a straight line. In the opposite direction, Danny. Unbelievable. Thank you very little. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't know if I believe that. I feel like if that happens, then the movie morphs into Spies Like Us while he tries to get out of the country by telling bad jokes and stealing watches <laughs> or something. I don't know. Doctor? Maybe. Doctor? Doctor? Stop. Doctor? It's possible. Yeah, I don't believe that would have been a good idea for anybody, Chevy Chase included. I mean, it does have its fair share of like just... Rob Garrison and Larry Scott, who were both in the Karate Kids, they were both in the Cobra Kai Dojo. Yes, um, say. <laughs> they play some of the villains here again. So it's like there's a lot of familiar faces. Yeah, the, that was it. Kept me busy on the cast page of IMDb. Like, wait a minute, who the heck is that? Oh my gosh, it's kind of fun to watch it from that perspective, just because you're like, oh yeah, that guy. You know, he's in like six parts as a, you know, the guy in the back of the gang or the person who trips the, the main sure. character one time or whatever. Yeah. wonder what a Cessna looks like splattered all over those rocks. What did you do to his engine, you freak? Notcher made me do it. He, he had me adjust his oil cap. Doug, Notcher had Packer loosen your pressure cap. Land a plane, man. Land a plane. Doug, stop acting crazy. You could get killed. The soundtrack, though, is, is amazing. I mean, I, well, I mean, maybe not amazing, but it's memorable right can we say memorable i, I think so yeah <laughs> i mean the thing to remember or the thing to know maybe the main character when he flies he, like this whole thing he has to have this, this walkman with him and he has this little board thing that he straps onto his leg with the cassette player so he, so he can jack in and listen to the tunes helps him focus and you know i'm saying that like i'm being really nasty about it but 
what do I do? The first thing I do when I turn on my computer at work is I start some music to help me focus. So <laughs> maybe I need to lighten up on Doug Masters. Yeah. But the big song obviously is One Vision by Queen. Hmm. Yeah. There's other stuff. There's songs by King Cobra, Katrina and the Waves, George Clinton, Dio, mm. Helix, Adrenaline, Twisted Sister, some, James Brown. James Brown? Yeah. James, James Brown. Brown. If I had to pick one other song that really is catchy to me from the movie, I'm going to go with this one from Eric Martin. It's called Eyes of the World. And if you don't remember Eric Martin, you really should. He had a number of soundtrack songs in the 80s, including I Can't Stop the Fire from the movie Teachers. Uh, he had this song as well as These Are the Good Times from Iron Eagle. And in the 90s, he, he would give up his solo career and uh, become the frontman for uh, Mr. Big. Some of these songs have videos where they have the uh, the band is having to go through basic training to become pilots and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, they're real hokey kind of. Love it. The critics, on the other hand, oh, oh, they largely hated this movie. I remember Why? reading. Why, Steve? Why? <laughs> Some of the words used to describe it are ludicrous, preposterous, a dumb, dumb comic book movie, and then my favorite quote: "Not boring, just stupid." <laughs> that's pretty strong i kind of like kevin thomas's review in the la times which was included the phrase it achieves a kind of perfection of awfulness that only earnest effort can produce that's fair i mean that's just oh that's beautiful if i could write stuff like that i i wouldn't be podcasting i'd be writing i can't so i'm an engineer The young man who has just come out is Colonel Master's son, Doug, who flew over to accompany his father home. And as you can see, he seems to have quite a following here. Incidentally, we've been told Doug has received an appointment to the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs this fall, where he'll be following in his father's footsteps and taking orders from the Air Force. Apparently, he's quite a capable young Cessna pilot. I'm sure he can't wait to experience the thrill of flying some of the more advanced Air Force jets. Reporting live for Channel 6, this is Jeff Tamblin. Back to you in the studio. The movie has somewhat of a legacy. Um, you see it if you're a fan of the Cobra Kai series on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Johnny Lawrence, you see him watching Iron Eagle a couple times. There's this rumor that uh, a lot of this was filmed in Israel, by the way. Yeah, all the all the jet combat. I, I mean, can we talk just real quickly about that? Sure, whatever you want to say. After you see Top Gun, which, you know, whether you like it or hate it, you've seen it. And you see some of the aerial combat stuff in Top Gun. The aerial combat in this, everyone, some of the reviews at the time were saying, oh, the aerial combat's really interesting. You watch it now, and you're like, wait a minute. Why are you flying in a straight line while some guy's behind you trying to blow you up? And then how is it that suddenly you've magically gotten behind him? Did you guys just like, okay, now it's your turn to shoot me. We switch. The aerial combat is terrible. Yeah. 
And when the planes blow up, it looks like they're, they're it looks like they're hanging from a like, string. Like a firecracker went up. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> so I read that there during the combat scenes in Israel that some of the ordnance, the weapons that is carried on the F-16s was real. It wasn't they weren't props. Really? And at one point during the filming, the Israeli Air Force was called upon to carry out a strike against uh, targets in Lebanon. Okay, sure. Yeah, it was that kind of time. A ground controller saw that there was a pair of F-16s already in the air with the required weapons and actually vectored them, the the movie planes, to the target. Oh, dear. (laughs) And they were halfway to the target before someone realized that, oops, these are not uh, the right planes and they had to be recalled. If they're F-16s and they had American markings on them, that would have been... uh... Yeah. Would have been, I think, bad. Probably covers the beginning of it. I'm fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. I'm no international. Uh, I mean, yeah, law expert, but yeah, I'm gonna say bad. Despite all this, it did spawn three sequels. Iron Eagle Two comes out in 1988. Um, Doug is now in the Air Force, but he gets shot down in the opening scenes by the yeah, Russians. I was gonna say, doesn't he die in the first five minutes? Yeah, in the first five minutes. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, there's an Iron Eagle 3 that came out in 1992. Now, it was called Ace's Iron Eagle 3. Now, I didn't see this one. I, <laughs> I haven't I, seen this, but I read the plot summary today. I'm like, it's horrible. This is, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of prop yeah. planes. Yeah, let's let's run some prop planes up against jets. This will be great. Right. Chappie finds out there's a drug cartel using his airfield as a secret base. That's that's mm. That's all you need to know. And then, here's the interesting part. There's an Iron Eagle 4 called Iron Eagles on the Attack from 1995. Ooh. Now, this is a direct-to-video film. What are we attacking? I, are we attacking people's <laughs> sense of, of good taste? Yeah. I have seen this one. And it turns out Doug Masters is not dead. He's <gasps> alive. Wow. It's like, it's like Eddie and the Cruisers 2. Yes. Exactly like, With exactly, jets. Exactly like Eddie and the Cruisers 2. He was shot down and captured by the Russians and... Upon his escape, he he re- joins Chappie at a flight school for delinquent teenagers. So there you oh, go. Oh, okay. Doug, I ain't gonna make it. Chappie! Okay, so I have to ask before we get to the uh, beloved Seggies, where does this rank in the '80s among other movies involving um, flying or pilots? It's it's low. Can I say that uh, it's low? I mean, I off the top of my head, you've got. Obviously, Top Gun, Firefox, which is great just because he has to think in Russian. I love that. Yes, must uh, think in Russian. Blue Thunder, which is ridiculous, but I love for reasons I can't really explain. Yeah. Um, what am I missing? The Right Stuff. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. The Right Stuff. I guess those are pilots who become astronauts. Yes, that's true. So I'd, um, say it's at the... I'd say Iron Eagle is at the bottom of all of those. Yeah. I'm sorry, Doug. <laughs> Should have stayed dead. You know, you and your Hades bomb. You know what will never stay dead, though? The Saggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. It's nice to have you back. I haven't said that. Oh. We we did a show without you, which felt weird. I just listened to it. You guys did the subject proud, although I was making mental notes of my commentary for things like you guys are talking about less than zero i'm like have you read the book the book it makes the movie look like a trip to the freaking fun fair <laughs> i don't think i read the book it's 
it's disturbing. Yeah, I don't need that. I try to read uh, some more upbeat material. If it all goes according to plan, our next show we'll have the author uh, Steve Manchester on to talk about his latest '80s book. Oh, fun fiction, but set in the '80s up in the Northeast in the Boston area. It was weird. I, I a lot of people wrote in and said I sounded like really crabby and pissy, and I, I have to agree. I, I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> hey man it's not so, all sunshine and roses around here uh, sometimes it's just you know you just it's just one of those weird days you know you just yep. don't you don't have the mojo working and and you know as we know from the reading mood is a thing for cattle and love play you <laughs> yeah. podcast when the time requires it yeah well it's required tonight uh anyway i don't know what show this is i think this might have been from six thirty one. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a postal-friendly bottle opener. Hmm. Just mailed hey. some out today. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We might have some other swag coming soon, but right now it still remains the postal-friendly bottle opener. Pay attention. From 631, here is the mystery clip. Why, the plastic. I didn't want to get any stains on the seat. What stains? I'm sorry, Raleigh. No loose ends. Brad chose it this time, and he chose FX. It's true. I did choose FX mainly because I'd been thinking about it, and I realized it was on, I think it was on Amazon Prime. It was. So, I watched it. So I'm like, oh, God, I, I need to get this in front of people so they can watch it. And then, of course, like three days after we recorded the show, it went off of Amazon Prime. So <laughs> sorry, guys. The next time it pops up on a streaming service, though, give it a look. It's It's a fun movie. It's one of those movies that... You know, the whole plot just disintegrates in the cell phone era, but it's not in the cell phone era, so it's okay. Yeah. What Did you ever see the sequel? I did not. We had a, you... a letter from someone saying it's better than the original, and I'm just, oh. Oh, okay, well, you live in that world, and I'll live in mine, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, we had some winners. Uh, why don't you read them off? We did. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. Just know that whether or not you get a postal-friendly bottle opener, you're getting an emotional postal-friendly bottle opener from me right now. Winners this week include Base Note, Peter from Belton, South Carolina, Shan Nichols, Ryan the Pirate King, Gordon Shumway, Todd in Minnesota, Dallas and Amy Fitzgerald, and Dean in the required uniform. <laughs> I like that. Okay, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Say the words. I want the roast beef sandwich. Say the words and I'll give you a piece. If you know it. This is the part I like saying every week. If you know it, email us at podcast at sits.com. And tune in a few weeks to find out if you're a winner. Mm, so satisfying. Ah, <laughs> oh, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. <laughs> I still can't quit you, mystical tune. Mm, so mystical. Myst- mystical so refrain. <laughs> I probably say it in my sleep. Again, we'll play a snippet from a song from the 80s if you get it right. Glory could be yours in the form of a small metallic device. Hmm. That actually sounds like actionable. Like a nail. Yeah, it doesn't. Maybe you'll get screwed by the guys at SIT 80s. Oh, that's interesting. I like that idea. <laughs> Better run that one by the missus first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pay attention. Here is the clip from uh, episode uh, 631. That's What You Need by In Excess. That's what you need. Ooh, 
sort of had an X theme going this week, didn't you? Yeah, I just felt like that key wasn't getting much love on my keyboard. It's like, you know, Wordle. I don't think I've ever used the letter X in Wordle. I don't know how to play Wordle. I'm going to say that right yeah, now. That's okay. Like I said, I'm, I'm way behind on the trends. I'm just now really starting to enjoy Word for friends. <laughs> Forget words. We just use one word for friend. Word for friend. Yeah, so I picked NXS because I felt like I just wanted a chance to talk about them a little bit. And then you guys had an NXS song on the show last week. And I have to say, Devil Inside, which was their, the song that you guys were talking about last show, that is my least favorite NXS song. I feel like it is so overplayed. There's so much other stuff of theirs to play. And I know it gets played because it was a number two hit. But, you know, come on, radio programmers, dig a little deeper. End of rant. Where were we? <laughs> You're going to read some names, a lot oh, of names. Oh, yeah. Well, and I also really like it when we get participation. I, you know, when I first joined the show, I was always like, it's like, oh, we got to trick them. We got to make it harder. No, you know, sometimes it's nice to just put one out there so we can all like get in the hot tub and talk about NXS together. <laughs> so this week in the hot tub, we got, are you ready? <clears throat> Big breath. The tromboner, Fred Sparky Q in Midland, Michigan, Michelle D, Bass Note, Jason in Memphis, Alan Titus, Cincinnati Joe, Jeremy, who shot J.R. Rodwin, Shan Nichols, Dave in New Hampshire, but not anywhere near Canada, Tom Principal Strickland, John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, Todd in Minnesota, Cliff from somewhere north of Detroit, Jeremy V, Debbie H from the MV, Gene and Hollister, the town, not the hipster clothing brand, Brian with an E in Boulder, Joe from Athens, not Amelia Island, Dave, Dave's not here, Dallas and Amy Fitzgerald, Lee and Katie Edland, Andrea, not Andrea Krava, Mike and Oz, Jeff in Asheville, Tim from Asheville, wait a minute, what's this Asheville thing? <laughs> Lynn with three N's in Nebraska, not just another Michael, Ann McNally, Brian in San Francisco, Canuck in Colorado, Dean in the required uniform, Ricky Tackett, and Stuart in Australia, who writes, speaking on NXS, can I take you back to a night way back in 1983? Let me, let me just stop and say, yes, please do. When I was in year nine, me and my two mates, Raymond and Michael, secured tickets to see NXS on their original Sin Tour. I was beyond excited at the thought of a night out as a 15-year-old in Sydney with two school pals. Dressed to impress, dinner at someplace fancy like McDonald's, and the chance to meet some starstruck girls and impress them with my cool threads had me beside myself with anticipation. That all changed, however, when a catastrophe occurred. <sighs> Dramatic pause. We were collected by Michael's mom, who drove us to the city. Then she parked the car and got out. Okay, I thought, this is cool. She's walking us to the theater. I'll live with that. But no, as we approached the ticket collector to go inside, she was still with us. And at that point, it suddenly dawned on me. She was coming to the concert, too. You can only imagine my sense of horror when this fact settled into my hyped-up 15-year-old brain. Whatever shred of style I possessed was well and truly cramped. No chance of picking up cute girls now, unless one of them brought their dad. Surely it was all a bad dream. Anyway, it wasn't. She sat with us, and I dealt with it, I guess. Pause. You, de you guess you dealt with it? It doesn't sound to me like you dealt with it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. He continues, The night was still a success. Seeing the band, not with girls, that is, and it's still vivid in my mind, seeing what would become one of Aussie's best ever musical exports on the cusp of their fame and fortune. I haven't seen my mate Michael in almost four decades, and I wouldn't know him if I fell over him, but it may be cathartic to let him know of the bittersweet feelings this night evokes. Maybe he's listening even now. Who knows? Michael, if you're out there, let us know. Let your mom know. 
that Stuart is still pissed. <laughs> that he is. That's a great letter. I don't know. I enjoyed that. I think I went to a rock and roll Super Bowl one time where one where the whoever drove us, one of the dads came in with us. And I remember he was chatting me up at one point about I feel bad about this. Did you ever hang around a Turkish prison? <laughs> no, he's just chatting me up like, Oh, you know, is this your first concert? And I'm like, No, no, you know, I've been to I saw a journey in ACDC. I said, My dad drove us, but he didn't come in. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop, clunk. <laughs> well, and I just feel, I feel like kind of a dick for saying that. Eh, you know, he he leaned into that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's like you know, yeah. you drove us all the way from Tampa to Orlando and sat with us for an all day concert. You know, at least I can do is be polite. So, eh. <laughs> it happens. Anyway, if you have a letter, um, always email us at podcast at sit eighties dot com. Okay, it's time to pick a winner. Brad, you want to do the honors? Oh, nothing would please me more. I've been waiting all day for this. Here we go. Ooh. A lot of names on that wheel. A lot yeah. of names on that wheel. Still my favorite part of the show every week. I know. You live for it. Yeah. You're a sick, sick man. It's slowing down. It looks like it's going to land on Dave in New Hampshire, which I don't believe is not anywhere near Canada. It's damn where pretty close to canada my friend well from where you are yeah but like if he's in nashua he's basically massachusetts and oh okay i take it back Dave. i mean it's still cl- it's close compared to you and me that's for sure if he sends us a postal address in canada yeah we'll be on to you mister dave lies i'm checking the zip code send us that address uh, dave and we'll get something out to you in the meantime pay attention here's this week's mystery clip If you know it, email us at podcast at sits.com. It's kind of a mid-tempo note there. Didn't really anticipate that. It's nice. I like the way you did that. And tune in in a few weeks to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. And we're back. We've got a few minutes left. So we might as well take the time to mention that this morning, when, as we're recording this, this morning, uh, the Rock Hall of Fame announced its class of 22 inductees. Is that right? Inductees? Inductees? Mm-hmm. Inductees. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Inductees. Doesn't sound Ductees. like... Duct tapes. Anyway, who made it? Dolly Parton, even though she didn't want to be in there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She her walk back was like, oh well, now I understand it. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not upset. It's fine, but it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, among the other '80s names, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, Eurythmics, Duran Duran, and finally Pat Benatar. I guess Judas Priest was on the ballot, but they will be inducted in the non-performer category for musical excellence. What, which what what does that even mean? What does that mean? That is ridiculous. 
I know. Like, uh, oh, oh, well, you we, we want to put you in here, but you weren't one of the seven. So we'll just, we'll call you, you're, you're a non-performer, but you're a non-performer for musical excellence. How do you have musical excellence without performing? What the actual <laughs> f- is going on there? I mean, you want to make up rules, fine. Make up all the rules you want, but that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm madder about that than I'm about Devo not getting in. And that's saying something. Actually, it really isn't because I don't really care that much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm yeah. more bummed for the boys because the Devo guys did so much press the last two months trying to woo people. Yeah. But it anyway, it's just, oh, come on. It's like an honorary Oscar. It's Yeah. I was just like, oh, come on. Yeah. Just put the, just, if, if uh, <laughs> coherent thoughts not happening. Anger, anger. I'm happy for Duran Duran and Pat Benatar. I, I find it hard that Lionel Richie was, wasn't in there before. Was he probably already in there with the Commodores, maybe? But were the Commodores in it? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know what I like about this is that all the people who've been bellyaching about Duran Duran, first not ever being nominated until this year and and not being in it, now that ends. Just like it did with Rush. When Rush wasn't in it, everybody was bellyaching about Rush not being in there. Yeah. It so, appears the Commodores are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow, interesting. But Lionel yeah. Richie is. Say you, say me. Yeah, say it forever. That's the way it should be. <laughs> hey, I hope you enjoyed our our uh, our little toast I, with Dixie cups and uh, non-alcoholic wine to the the majestic creature that is Iron Eagle. <laughs> Perhaps we damned it with too much faint praise, but you know what? It won't kill you. Put your eyes on it. See what happens. Enjoy watching the Hades bomb blow up and people (laughs) not figure out, oh, I could go around this fire or I could try and drive (laughs) through it. What should I do? Yeah. So many problems, but so very, very 80s. So it's like like the butter on my popcorn. That's all I can Mm. say. (laughs) To buttered popcorn. To buttered popcorn. Hey, that's all we got for this week, but join us soon. Because as always, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. One flesh, one bone, one true stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. Just know that whether or not you get a postal-friendly bottle opener, you're getting an emotional postal-friendly bottle opener from me right now.